0: Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett.
0: Hello, it's Tuesday, June the 15th. Hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. So, as expected then, the PM confirmed last night that so-called Freedom Day has been delayed.
1: There are many businesses that need to uh, move beyond social distancing. People are are yearning to get back to that, as indeed uh, as I am. And so I'm determined... Uh, to be able to do that uh, by July the the 19th. It was due to
0: happen next Monday, but now the remaining COVID restrictions, as you heard, won't be lifted until July the 19th. We've got reaction to that decision today. Let's hear first from Roger Goff, who's the leader of the County Council, and before that, James Williams, who's in charge of public health in Medway.
1: This new Delta variant, it's more transmissible We've seen what's happened in the northwest of a 64% increase in one week in relation to hospitalisations in that particular area. Uh, And clearly whilst we have got lower rates, much lower than the England average across uh, the county of Kent and Medway, at this moment in time, what we clearly need to do is to ensure that we don't get into that position. So at this moment in time, it's the precautionary principle. Central government have taken that decision. What we will do at local level is ensure that we keep our population safe. It's disappointing, though. I think government has made the right call. So, uh, when we've seen what's happened with the Delta variant, uh, we've seen increases. Even in Kent, we've seen increases in infections, even though we're well below the national uh, average, and that is uh, uh, that that does cause concern. Particularly when there is more to do still in terms of rolling out uh, the vaccine across more adult groups and ensuring, particularly, the two the, the, the second jab as well as the first. So. I think it was inevitable, Uh, certainly very well flagged, didn't come as a surprise, but of course it is deeply disappointing, especially for many businesses. Clearly what we're seeking to do is to sustain uh, major events wherever we can, so for example we have the Open Golf uh, due in Sandwich in the coming weeks, uh, and that is something on which we're working very, very closely with the organisers to ensure that that can be delivered, be delivered at significant scale and yet be done. Uh, safely. We're very confident that that can be, uh, be, be, be done. Uh, so yes, clearly anything that involves uh, impact on festivals, on events, uh, on people coming into the county is uh, a blow. And we are seeking, along with our colleagues in Visit Kent, to convey the message very much that Kent is a place to come and visit, is open for business, uh, and that if people come and uh, operate within the uh, uh, current restrictions Uh, Nonetheless, this is a place that is open to receive them. In
0: a poll on Kent Online and on our sister websites across the country, we asked if you supported the delay and opinion was pretty split. 52% of you said yes, while 48% said no. The delay is because Boris Johnson is worried about a surge in cases of the Delta variant of coronavirus. The four-week delay will give the NHS time to vaccinate even more adults and teenagers in part of Kent are being invited to book their first jab from today. Whitstable Medical Practice has started offering appointments to over-18s Elsewhere, anyone who's 23 or over can get the jab and NHS England hopes to extend the rollout to all adults across the country by the end of this week. Now for the likes of pubs, it's still going to mean a reduction in capacity with a maximum of six per table and no queues at the bar. Jonathan Neame is the chief exec of brewery Shepherd Neame, which is based in Faversham and runs pubs across the county.
2: At the end of this period, we've got to get to a position that it is, is, there is an irreversible removal of all restrictions. If that's the case, then for the profile of business like Sheppard Neem, we can manage this delay and we can move on. Um, If however, we are in a permanent state of data review, uncertainty, a new variant comes along, new risk, let's have another delay, then we are in a sort of semi-permanent state of never, never. And that's not a good place to be. We know this disease is endemic or is going to be endemic. We've got to live with it. We know that uh, the vast majority of the population are very well protected by the vaccine. Um, And if that is the case, and all younger people are vaccinated too, then we've got to break the shackles and move on.
0: Absolutely. Um, And do you think the government need to um, postpone the reintroduction of business rates and extend the rent um, moratorium? And if so, can you sort of explain why? Would Would that help this next sort of period?
2: Well, every month of additional delay is a month of longer recovery. Every month of social distancing and outlets with limited capacity means you're not able to break even or make enough of a profit to pay down the debt or rent arrears that have been built up during this period. Now, the accumulated losses are huge. And for many businesses, you've got a very narrow window of opportunity, i.e. the summer, in which to pay down those losses. So that's why this particular period, and indeed a period over the Euros, is so critical for a number of businesses. So if there's a further delay after this delay, and then we can start stretching into the autumn when trade drops back then that that's going to really undermine the recovery it'll undermine consumer confidence it'll undermine business confidence and absolutely the argument then will be that we need further financial assistance whether it's in the form of rates further extensions of VAT cuts etc etc.
0: Organisers of a number of big summer events in Kent are having to decide whether to postpone or cancel one that's already said it won't be going ahead is the Black Deer Festival near Tunbridge Wells. The dates had already been moved once and in a statement last night they said we can't quite put into words how we're feeling right now. The delay by the government on the easing of restrictions means we're unable to bring you Black Deer Festival 2021. It's devastating news for all connected with Black Deer but we'll be back in 2022. Well you can of course still continue to have your say on the delay to so-called Freedom Day. What's it going to mean for you? Are you worried or do you support the move? You can comment at Kent Online or via our socials. Kent Online News. Six teenagers involved in violence in Canterbury, which led to a German student suffering life-changing brain damage, have avoided being sent to prison. Daniel Ezzedine was attacked in the city centre while on a visit in 2019. The group, who were aged between 16 and 19, admitted their involvement and received a range of suspended sentences, community orders and unpaid work. Earlier this year, two teens were locked up for their part in the attack, while a third also avoided a custodial sentence. Next today, and this is the moment a gang of ten men, including one from Thanet, smashed their way into a home in Nottingham before stabbing a man with knives and garden shears. Happened in May last year, 24-year-old Torian David from Ramsgate travelled with a group from London and stole cannabis plants from inside the property. They'll all be sentenced at a later date. A Met police officer from Chatham has denied causing the death of a child and his aunt during a police chase in Southeast London. PC Edward Welch will go on trial after Micaiah McDermott and Roseanne Cooper were knocked down and killed in Penge nearly five years ago. The 32-year-old was following a stolen car at the time. He's facing four charges and is due at the Old Bailey next month. A teenage girl's been injured by a man with a knife who tried to sexually assault her in a Kent forest. The 17-year-old was taken to hospital after being attacked while sitting on a bench at Bedgebury Pine Eaton near Hawkehurst on Sunday. Police are urging anyone who is in the area and might have information to contact them. Now, figures given to the Kent Online podcast show there's been a huge increase in the number of reports of stalking in Kent, 3,228 cases were reported to police between March and December last year. That's up from just 882 for the whole of the previous year. Kent also had the lowest charge rate in England, with just 2% of offenders faced with legal action last year. Claire Burnell from Tunbridge Wells was murdered by her stalker ex-boyfriend in 2005. Her mum, Tricia, is urging us to recognise the signs.
3: Claire and I didn't see it as stalking. We thought that happened with celebrities. All we saw was, was that he was, it was the way that Michael Pesch was behaving and Claire's world was shrinking. Uh, wherever she was, he was, which is exactly what happens to victims of stalking. They don't have any, their, their life is taken away in effect. And this can go on for years. If it's not stopped, it goes on for years. And even if it doesn't continue with one victim, they'll move on to another victim and very often up the ante.
1: When we, talk, when we spoke um, an hour ago before recording this interview, you talked about Claire being a bit of a classic case. Can you explain a little bit what, what you meant by that?
3: There are danger signs. And um, there's been research done by a Dr. Jane Munton smith from Gloucester University. And it's the eight stages for professionals to recognise uh, when there could potentially be a domestic homicide. Now, those eight stages, a lot of families, after their loved ones has been murdered, whether it's domestic abuse or stalking, um, where they're stalking, which 94% of domestic homicide cases, there is stalking prior, and generally when the victim's trying to leave the relationship. With every single stage, Claire, you could have ticked. If if, if somebody had understood and and had uh, had done a a risk assessment whereby they use that tool, then they would have seen Claire was at high risk and there would have been a lot, she would have been given a lot more protection.
1: And that, that must, that's the thing that's so tragic about it, is that if those those things have been in place, then you, you'd imagine that, that the tragedy could have been prevented.
3: Well, there is a risk assessment out there. They call it a dash risk assessment. And if stalking is the one tick, then there's 11 further questions. But what tends to happen, Oliver, is that sometimes if you're not trained how to use this risk risk assessment, it can be a tick box exercise, and they don't recognise... That pattern of behaviour, the, the um, because it's a course of conduct. So one incident can be seemingly innocent. When you put it together, you've got this really sinister uh, picture of what the victim is is experiencing and the control and fixation that the the offender has.
0: Jan Berry is from the charity Protection Against Stalking.
4: Well, I think lockdown obviously created some real difficulties, and it also gave people time. I don't think any of our cases don't involve some form of online um, stalking. And so that I think that's part of it. I think also, you know, we've worked really hard in protection against stalking for people to recognise stalking. It's not recognised. And, you know, what is a seemingly innocent occurrence can have quite sinister motivations. For every stalking case, there will be a victim who is traumatised by that whose life is changed, who may have moved home, who may have changed jobs, who who will probably be suffering from elements of post-traumatic stress. And that has that knock-on effect, both for them, their surrounding friends and families, their employers, etc, etc. So the cost of stalking, you know, if it takes a life is awful, but it doesn't need to take a life to have a huge impact on the victim. I think... There probably are a lot more cases that should have stalking protection orders attached to them. The other important thing would be is if you have a stalking protection order, um, as a victim, you can think that you are protected, but you're only protected if if there are breaches and people do something about that. Um, so that is equally important that when, when a stalking protection order is breached, that the police take action against that as well.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: Latest figures show another drop in unemployment in Kent as more businesses reopen indoors. 64,575 people were claiming out-of-work benefits in the county last month. That's 3,300 fewer than in April. But compared to before the pandemic, about twice as many people are still without a job two antelopes have been killed after escaping from their enclosure at a Kent animal park. The waterbucks managed to get out onto a public footpath from Port Lim near Hythe on Saturday. A spokesman says they had to be put down in the interest of public safety. At Kent Online today, you can see a video of a man leaving a Kent hospital an incredible 147 days after he was admitted with coronavirus. 62-year-old Jim Beverton spent 53 days in a coma after falling ill just after after Christmas, Well, staff at the Kenton Canterbury Hospital have given him a huge round of applause as he went home to continue his recovery. A graffiti artist has painted a mural of Sir David Attenborough on a wall near Margate seafront. Paddy Watts spent three days completing the image over the weekend. It's hoped it'll encourage more people to think about the environment and throw their rubbish in bins. And James Arthur has been on our sister radio station, KMFM. He's been chatting to Emma Joe on the hit list about his new singles, September.
2: It felt like the kind of song that people want to hear from me you know it's a a typical kind of love song but it's dressed up in a in a bit of a cooler way than Perhaps previously. uh, It's more guitar, led and a bit rockier.
0: If you missed their chat last night, you can hear the full thing at kmfm.co.uk
1: Kent Online Sports
0: Football and Dover athletic have lost an appeal against a fine for failing to play four games during lockdown earlier this year. The club was struggling financially during the pandemic forcing them to stop playing and furlough management and players. They've also got to pay legal costs and start next season with a 12-point deduction after being punished by the National League. Organisers of the Open Golf Tournament in Sandwich are in talks with the government over how many spectators will be allowed. It's due to take place at Royal St George's next month, just a few days before the new date when Covid restrictions could be lifted. It's hoped a decision on capacity limits will be made within the next few days. And in cricket, Sam Billings and Zach Crawley are back in the Kent squad for their T20 blast game against Somerset later. They're returning from England duty, but Daniel Bell Drummond will stay on as captain for the Spitfires. Kent have won all three of their matches in the tournament so far. Plays due to get underway in Taunton at 6.30 this evening. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. Plus, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram